All right, welcome back to the Foul Balls Hockey Podcast. I'm here with John Borelli, and we're going to figure out Saturday night's games. So I guess the format for this is we'll go game by game, but there's a few spots that I think we're both pretty uninterested in. So we'll cover most of the games and then figure out which of these really good spots we like, because there are a lot of really, really high expected outputs for a couple of teams tonight. Yeah, definitely. Uh, some of the best offenses are playing some of the, the worst, not only defenses, but teams in the NHL tonight. There's uh, there's four games with an over of six, which is which is crazy in general. But then there's one with a uh, six point five, which is which is almost as unheard of. Yeah, six point five kind of jumps off the page, and that game actually isn't seeing quite as much over money as some of the other games. So there's actually four games tonight where more than 80% of the total bets are on the over. So not only are these totals high, people are expecting them to go over the total. Uh, so I think we're going to have to, it's a tough slate for sure, but I think we can narrow this down a bit and rule out a few teams where we go process of elimination. And then maybe there's only three or four spots that we end up liking. So starting with the blue jackets against the Kings, uh, the big injury news is that Jeff Carter is out. I think he's out for a while. He got cut by a skate. And it's a boost to the Blue Jackets. Carter's a really good player. And Bobrovsky especially. So I don't really have a ton of interest in the game, but I think Bobrovsky's in play. I think uh, his price is 7700 Yeah. So yep. I like him, and I don't really have much interest in the Wenberg line that has been really good for Columbus, but there are just better spots, I think. Yeah, there's there's better spots tonight, and Bobrovsky's definitely in play. Um, I mean, the, the Kings were only averaged to, to score 2.47 goals, which is really low. Um, obviously, Carter is one of their you know best goal scorers in general. So um, you have one of the you know top Eastern Conference teams you know hosting the Kings on the road, and you know not too much interest here on the offensive side, but uh, Bobrovsky's, uh, Bobrovsky's definitely in play. All right, so I think we can move quickly to the next game because yeah, that's yeah. that's a spot that could have some high ownership too. I think the Blue Jackets have been really popular lately, so. Complete fade there. Uh, so the Sharks-Islanders game, I think this is another spot that doesn't really warrant a lot of consideration. But I do think Grice in net for the Islanders is a pretty good play. Although we just mentioned Bobrovsky, who's about the same price. So I think I'll probably not be using much Grice tonight just because there are a lot of similarly priced goalies that might just be a little bit better choices. Yeah, Bobrovsky's just such a better goaltender in general. So, I mean, while you know the Sharks are on a back-to-back and... Uh, the, the Islanders are definitely favorite. I still think that Rockies uh, is definitely a better play uh, for the price. All right, so now we have a game that's actually going to have some conversation from us. It could be my favorite spot of the night, although I think it'll be some pretty high ownership. So the Bruins are at home against the Sabres, who are on the second night of a road back-to-back. -back. I think the last night game was at home, but second night of a back-to-back -back on the road. In Boston, the line movement here is pretty strong. The Bruins open at minus 170, and they're now up to minus 200. And that does come with the public on them. So I would say this is partially a sharp move, partially a public move. And I expect the Bruins to be pretty high-owned. But with Bergeron back in the lineup, the Bruins are a really strong team. So how do you go about looking at this spot? Because it is one of the better spots of the night. It just might be a little bit over-owned. It's it's definitely one of the better spots of the night, and considering the slate and considering what you know the Bergeron and, and, and Marchand line did uh, did last time out, you know I think there's going to be a ton a ton of ownership. Um, you know with with other lines in play like the Kucherov line and uh, some other ones we'll talk about. Um, I'm I'm thinking initially of of fading some Boston, um, maybe maybe uh, the Pasternak line, you know very small in, in, in a smaller lineup just to have some exposure, but. Um, just with the recency bias of, of what they put up last game, I mean, Buffalo on a back-to-back -back with Lettner and Nett is, is really hard to pass up with their, 
Uh, there's some other spots tonight, and considering ownership um, and, and price, I, I think we can do a little bit better. So I have two notes on the Bruins. I think I agree with everything you're saying. Um, the first is that Tuka Rask is out, and Kadobin I think is really bad. Maybe you can weigh in a little more, but he was bad in their last game, and I think he's just not a good goalie, right? He's 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 one of the worst goalies in the league, and he was horrible last year. And I actually think the Eichel line could be in a really sneaky spot tonight. Um, you know, just to, obviously they're, they're really good on the power play. You know, they all uh, Eichel, Pomlevo, and Kane have, have great chemistry as well. So. Um, with Kudobin being as bad as he is and, and all the kind of uh, recency bias and ownership that we'll see on, on Boston, uh, we, we, we could see some you know, some very, very slightly owned uh, some uh, Jack Eichel tonight. And then one guy on Boston who could be lower owned than usual, Tory Krug somehow managed 0.0 fantasy points in a game where the Bruins won 6-3 to three and scored four times on the power play. And Krug is the quarterback of the power play and was on the ice for most of the power play time. I think he played about 25 minutes in the game, but somehow didn't even register a shot on goal. So maybe people are off him a little bit just because of the same recency bias that has people on Bergeron and Marshawn and Bjork. Maybe Krug gets lower ownership because McAvoy was the, act, was the guy in defense who had most of the points from their right. defensemen. So maybe Krug is in play as a plug with some other stacks. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. That's you know that that, that that's that's a great play. McAvoy's a, a young stud that's coming up, and he's got a lot of hype with him. But at the same time, you're not going to see that kind of output from, from Krug again. So uh, it's a sneaky but good. I, I agree. So anything else on this game, or let's let's figure out some of these no, other high scoring no, spots? Nothing really on this game. You know, I, like I said, I just I just think with the recency bias of, of how well that. Uh, Martian line and Bergie did together. Um, you know, I'm just gonna you know pray that it just doesn't happen again on Buffalo back to back. So uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's a scary fade. So maybe just a little nice. bit of exposure there, but that's that's yeah. a spot where you're going with the masses. I think if you use Boston, yes. So this next game should command a lot of ownership too. Uh, the Leafs, especially Austin Matthews, have been one of the higher owned teams throughout the early stages of the season. They're in Ottawa, and Craig Anderson's a really good goalie. The total for this game is six, and the public is on the over with 91% of the bets. So that indicates some potentially pretty high ownership, and I just don't really like this spot for Toronto. Ottawa, not a really good team, but home ice matters. It's it's a little tougher playing on the road, and then Ottawa plays this weird trap system. I, I don't know how much you know about this, yeah. but the 1-3-1 no, they, 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 they play. They, they try to slow down the pace a ton, and you know Ottawa and Toronto are you know the rivals in general, so I, I think this could be a, a more of a close-knit game maybe, than, than, than what uh, Vegas is suggesting. Um, for me personally, Toronto, obviously, you know, Austin Matthews is great. Um, but it, it's, it's really hard because they have just three great scoring lines. So, you know, to kind of pick one and have them go off, I, I would rather choose to pick Toronto on a smaller slate and try to figure out which line that's going to be than on a slate like tonight when there's just so many heavy hitters. Yeah, for sure. And then the interesting guys on Ottawa, Eric Carlson had a monster game the other night with three assists. He's priced up to 7100 though. So that might just be a little too expensive for him. But do you have interest in Anderson at 7,500 in net? Because I imagine yeah. that with Toronto being pretty high owned, you'll see almost no ownership on Anderson. And it could be a decent spot where maybe he has more of a chance to win than people think. But also, it may just be a lower volume of shot quantity than most Leafs games are because of the way Ottawa plays. Yeah, you know what? I still think considering it's the Leafs, even though they do play the trap and they, they do try to slow it down, I, I still think that they're going to get their shots. Um, Craig Anderson was, was one of the best goalies in the league last year, and uh, he hasn't been doing uh, as good so far this year. Um, so, you know what? But I, now, now that you're saying it, I think it's uh, it's an interesting spot. It's a rivalry game. 
um, you know, that Carlson's back. I, I think they could. They could come out firing. And uh, with, with, a, with a high shot total, potentially, that, 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 could, uh, that could increase his value for his price as well. Yeah, Bobrovsky's definitely a safer choice, and I probably just prefer him overall anyway, but I wouldn't be all in Bobrovsky, so Anderson could be one of the lower-owned guys that we both consider just as a as a secondary or maybe third option. Mm-hmm. No, I agree, definitely. All right, so let's move on to the next game, and I think that the Penguins haven't announced their goalie in Tampa Bay tonight, but it's supposed to be Niemi. Uh, they played last night. Matt Murray played last night, so I would expect that Niemi's start. I think he's the projected starter according to most websites, but they just haven't announced it yet. The total for this game is the highest one. This is the six and a half total game, and there is some sharp action on Pittsburgh, which is a little strange with Murray not playing. So I'm not really sure what's going on here. Maybe the line was just initially mispriced because the Lightning opened at minus 160. So I don't think I'm going to read too much into this other than Vegas made the Lightning too large of favorites off the bat. I don't really have a ton of interest in Pittsburgh, though, because I think this will be another really high-owned spot, especially because the over-under for this game is the highest of any game tonight. Yeah, you're going to see you know extreme ownerships for the most part, and the highest own the highest owned line of the night is going to be the Kucherov line, especially if the Emmys playing. Um, they've been, I think, the best so far on the power play. Uh, Pittsburgh's actually, uh, I think, second or third on the power play so far in terms of you know points put up. So um, it, it's it's such a tough spot. I mean, you know, when 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 Vegas is telling you that there's an over six point five, that's the equivalent of, of saying, and I don't know if there's any DFS uh, baseball players listening, it's like course Field and, and the wind's blowing out. And it's also like 90 degrees, so like it's it, they're they're really screaming at you, like you know this game is going to go off. So it's like it's it's also a scary fade, you know. If if you do want to get some ownership, I think potentially going to the second line with Pilat and Point um, could be interesting. They both they both play uh, on the power play too, and they both play on the penalty kill as well. And um, they get a lot of ice time. And, and if you if you get that exposure in there, you can also it's extremely cheap as well. So. You know, you can pair that second line if you do pivot and pray that Kucherov doesn't go off. You could pair them with anyone um, from any of the other games that we're talking about in terms of, you know, the top units. Yeah, I like that strategy for sure. They're just so much cheaper than Kucherov and Stamkos too, and they'll definitely be much lower ownership. The top guys for this game are just all very expensive. Crosby at 8,000, Malkin's in the 7,000s, Kucherov and Stamkos around 7,500. So it's just, it, the value there is just probably not as good as some of these other games. And because a lot of people will be going that route, I think it definitely makes sense to go down to the second line for Tampa. But do you have interest in going to the second line for Pittsburgh? Because I feel like that Malkin line doesn't get nearly the ownership that the Crosby line gets. And it's arguably as effective of a unit. So do you think you'll be going that route at all? You know what? I personally won't be going that route. That route. It is a good play. You know what? I don't play that line as much as I should. And, you know, Malkin and Kessler are both in the power play, whereas Gutsnets, uh, uh Getzel and Sherry are on the power play too. So, you know what, you're getting more of that power play exposure and uh, they have uh, one of the top top three power plays in the league. So, um, you know what, I'm probably off it tonight. I'm looking at other spots, but in general, that line, you know, we, we should be utilizing that line more often. Yeah, I guess if you're choosing a second line from this game, it does seem like the Tampa second line is better. They're cheaper and they all share power play two time together. So more correlation and just a ton of spots tonight. So paying up for... Pittsburgh's second line probably isn't as strong of a play as using maybe a lower-owned team's top line. And I think this next game could provide that low ownership. So the Capitals are playing the Panthers. Both teams are on the second night of a back-to-back. 
Both teams have backup goalies in net. Grubauer starting for Holpe, and I think Luongo actually got injured last night, so Reimer is starting for them. And the Panthers weren't high-owned even at home against Pittsburgh last night. I would imagine they'll be very low-owned in Washington. And the Barkov line has been really good this year. They're also not very expensive. So if I have to pick anyone from this game, I think Barkov, Huberdeau, and Dadanov are the guys to go with. And then, of course, Yandel on the first power play with them. Probably Troshek too. Just the whole power play unit together, I think, is a pretty strong spot. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, I was on them last night, and uh, they, 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 they did pretty well for the most part against Pittsburgh. Um, to be honest, I, I, I am a little bit more on the Ovechkin line. I think you have an opportunity here to get Ovechkin at a super low ownership considering everyone else on the slate. Uh, I think Florida ranks last in, power, in, in penalty kill, um, and, and uh, Washington is, is extremely, extremely good. Um, so um, this could be an interesting opportunity to get Ovechkin very lower com- uh, ownership compared to most nights. But uh, in general, um, I, I do see this game being a shootout, both backups in net. Um, and, and there's just extreme, extreme value with the Barkov line, like you said. Um, you can pretty much pair them with a lot of people. And, and not only do they all play on the power play, they have great chemistry as well. Yeah, so do you ever do both sides of a game stacks for correlation? Maybe you play for overtime and then there's some extra shot attempts and maybe an overtime goal. Because I think if there's any spot on this slate to use both teams, maybe there's one or two others, but... I think it's a decent idea to play Florida with Washington in the same lineup. Do you agree with that at all? Yeah, you know what? I do, and I don't do that as much as I should as well. Um, it's tough because you don't, you know, it, it, it depends on how the lines are matching up. So if the Barkoff line is going against the Ovechkin line, you know, you can only really see so many goals when they're all in the ice together, I feel. Um, so it, it's kind of tricky trying to, to pair those matchups up. Sometimes it's easier than others, depending on, uh, you know, the, the off- offensive defenseman and who, who they'll be guarding in and that, but, um, you know what, um, in terms of a game stack, I, I like this for sure. Yeah, that's a fair point. And I personally don't know how they'll match up. I think it's, it's a very hard thing to predict if the Barkov line will go be going directly up against Ovechkin and Kuznetsov, maybe Backstrom is on the ice against Barkov. And then you sort of have the number one line for one team going against the second line for the other team and vice versa. And then when Ovechkin's on the ice, the Barkov line is not on the ice. So they're not directly taking away scoring chances from each other. If that's the case, then that's a lot better, obviously, but that's just something that's hard to figure out before games start. So I like it either way. Yeah, sorry to cut you off. Actually, thinking about it, just looking over it, I have a feeling that they might have Vinny Trocek, uh, you know, trying to follow Ovechkin around um, and and play in the defensive zone against the Washington's top unit. Uh, Trocek's not only a great offensive player, he's a great defensive player as well. So um, I'm not 100% on that, but I know in the past... They've used Trocek to, to guard the top line in the past, so um, um, I guess I guess we, we'll wait and see and maybe do a little research and, and figure that out. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. I guess Trocek is probably the best all-around forward on this Panthers team, so for, if we were coaching them, we we would do that. So hopefully they just uh, they do the same thing. Right. All right. the The next game is another game that we I don't think have much interest in. The Stars are usually one of the higher scoring teams to look at on any given slate, but they're playing a really underrated Carolina team. So even though it's a home game, I don't have any interest in the Stars here. Scott Darling is a really underrated goalie. Um, I don't necessarily like Carolina either, just because there are better spots. Uh, But I think I could have some interest in the Hurricanes. So I'm going to say mostly fade, but if I had to pick, I'd go with Carolina. Yeah, d- definitely, I agree. There are better spots. Uh, Dallas at home usually is uh, is a pretty safe bet with everyone else kind of going tonight and all the all the best players going as well. It's it's tough to pay up for that top line. 
um, and expect the output that you would get, as we saw, you know, against Arizona last last time they played, or even a, a team with a worse goaltender. Yeah, and I guess for similar prices, you could get guys like the Penguin, um, the Penguins top line, or the Tampa top line with Kucherov and Stamkos. It's just way more expected output for those guys at similar prices. So, just not not the best spot to pay for Dallas. But I'm sure that's a team that will like more often than not just just not here. Um, yeah. The the next game is probably my favorite contrarian spot of the night. The Blackhawks are on the road in Arizona and. You wouldn't know it by looking at their scores, but the Blackhawks have been terrible with puck possession this year. They've been outshot, I think, in most of their games. They just kind of have been dominated, but Corey Crawford has played really well. And the Blackhawks also have just managed to convert a really high percentage of their scoring chances, which just isn't that sustainable. I mean, I know they have a lot of talented scorers, but it's still a pretty unprecedented rate for them. And then Arizona is winless. Um, They are seeing a ton of sharp money for this game, despite that fact. They open at plus 145, the line is plus 120 now, and the total in the game has gone up from 5.5 to 6, and that's not really a public bias towards the over either. So the money really favors Arizona, and they're an, they're an absurdly cheap team. So looking at their prices, the second line especially of Duclair, Dvorak, and I think it's Keller. I'm trying to find mm-hmm. that line. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, those guys are 4,700, 3,400, and 3,400. So that's as cheap of a line as you're going to find that's actually viable. All of those guys play on the power play. And then Domi and Stepan on the top line, too, I think are in play. So I'm going to have a lot of Arizona and maybe considering Chicago, too, because they should have a pretty decent output. But for a cheap play, I think Arizona is my favorite spot to go with. Yeah, you know, obviously Chicago's been scoring a ton of goals so far this year, and, and we do expect that to slow down. But at the same time, uh, a couple nights ago against St. Louis, they gave up a, a ton of goals, and uh, their defense looked really bad as a whole. Um, you know, in the past, I have utilized uh, when when Kane was on the line with Panarin and Anisimov, and they were, they were all uh, on the first power play. You know, I, I, in the past, I have have made a lot of money in this in this matchup particular, um, and I've done really well. But um, it's tough. Uh, you know, tonight with all the spots going on, I, I don't know if I'm going to be as much you know on Chicago as I will be other spots, and and the sod line is is doing you know just as well as the Kane line. So it's it's. I try to focus on teams that are really, really committed to, to one line, like, you know, whether it's uh, in Florida with uh, Huberto or, you know, um, I guess not so much with, with Ovechkin. I guess you could say Dallas and the Seguin line. But, you know, on nights like this, when there's a 10-game slate, I really want to focus on two top lines. And, you know, it, it's it, on, on shorter slates, I'll try to get a little tricky and I'll do, I'll do second lines, maybe even third lines on really small slates. But, you know what, I just try to focus on ice time. I try to focus on power play. And, and, and how many opportunities that these guys will have. Um, obviously, you know, between the sideline and the cane line, you know, they're both they're both going to get out there a bunch. But, you know, it, it's, it's hard to pick between the two. And, you know, I really just want to focus on, you know, two top lines that are going to get a ton of ice time and, and, and great spots. Right. So even if you were to think the Blackhawks should have a big offensive game, which isn't out of the question for sure, it's hard to figure out where the production's coming from because they're so well-rounded offensively. And then Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook defensively, it's just... It's kind of hard to make your selections there, and I don't really like the spot for them anyway, so I don't think I'll be using any Blackhawks guys. And then the other interesting players on the Coyotes, they have two or I guess three talented defensemen, so they have three defensemen that play power play time, and then Ekman Larson is probably my favorite of those, but uh, Demers, or I don't, I'm not sure how you say that guy's name, but only 3,100 for a second power play guy, and I've actually watched some Coyotes games. The NHL Network has put them on at the end, and that's the last game of the night most nights. 
Uh, those three defensemen, Goligoski being the third one, are all. They all seem really good. So does does the uh, do the stats hold that to be true? Does the eye test work here? Yeah, you know what? And I, th- I think I think it's Demiris, and, and a lot of the translations are obviously pretty hard. Um, you know, it, all, all three are, are really good in terms of offensive defensemen. You know, they carry the puck up the ice. Uh, they're all priced, you know, very very low. Um, and I, I don't I don't think as a whole, and I, I just need to double check that the Blackhawks penalty kill is is all that great i know last year they were they were pretty bad so uh let's double check on that but um arizona in an interesting spot tonight with a high over under of six anytime you see arizona in a game with with a high with over and under, over under of six it's it's kind of an indicator to you that you know they're going to score you know more than usual even if even if it is a lot on the chicago side they they are expecting arizona to put some some goals up as well Right. The uh, last Arizona game two nights ago, they were at home against Dallas, kind of a similar matchup, and they lost the game 5-4, but Dallas spread around their scoring a lot, kind of like we could probably expect with Chicago, and then the Arizona goals came from Stepan, who had two goals, and Keller, who had two goals. Arizona seems a little top-heavy, so even if they lose the game, if it's a high-scoring game, you should definitely expect solid production from their top guys. So I'm not overly concerned that they'll probably lose the game, because it should be a high-scoring game, and they should have a lot of opportunities. I agree. Okay, we have one more spot that we both like, I think. There's two games left here, but the spot that we like, the Flames are at home against the Wild, and Devin Dubnik is not starting tonight. So, boost for the Flames there, getting a backup goalie. This is a game with an over-under of six, and the line here is minus 160 for Calgary. No line movement, but just a really high-expected output. Um, And then Johnny Gaudreau and... Monahan are really talented players playing a lot of minutes on the top line. So I like them maybe only as plugs. Do you think you'll be stacking that spot or just looking to those two guys? It's hard. I haven't seen a ton of ice time with Yager yet, and I just don't know if I can trust pairing them with him. But in terms of the spot, in terms of Calgary, in terms of goals, you know, Johnny Gaudreau and, 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 and Monahan, uh, I think they're in an amazing spot. And, and just kind of pairing them together, um, you know, I'm, I'm usually, you know, a three and three stacking guy. Um, but tonight between the two of them, I think they can put up, put up, uh, you know, I, I think it could be a Johnny Gaudreau hat trick night, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those. And on a slate like this, he's going to go super unowned. Um, maybe not super unowned, but just with everyone else on the board, you're getting him in a, in a really good spot. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's hard to stack this team because the flames spread around their power play minutes so much. They have guys on their third line and fourth line that play on the power play. So you can't really get a ton of correlation using one or the other line. Maybe a full game stack works, but I think there are better spots to do that. So I think I'll be on Goudreau for sure, probably on Monahan, maybe on Brody on defense. He plays on the power play with those two guys. But probably just, it's kind of a hard team to use. So even though it's a great spot, it just, they don't really fit that well, I don't think. It might just be a couple guys that work uh, plugged into other stacks. Yeah, and you, and you know what? When I do stack the Flames, I, I do love the second line with Philippe Kachuk and, and Backlund. This line was, uh, they put up a, a ton of points last year, at the, towards the end of last year. Have amazing chemistry, play really well together. And I'm almost positive, or well, at least up until recently, they all played on power play two together. This is kind of a similar situation with the, the Palat line with Point and Tampa, where if you want to pivot off the top one and pair them with someone, whether it's a Crosby or even a Kucherov, um, that could be really, really interesting. And now that I just said it out loud, Kucherov line paired with Forlika, Chuck, and Backlund could be could be super unique. And also, you know, you have two teams with two of the highest goal um, goal uh, projections of the night. So that, that that sounds pretty interesting. 
Yeah, I like that spot too. I guess the only issue for me is that I prefer Arizona, so I'll probably just end up using them a lot more, but definitely with you on that Flames being a good spot just independently. Yep. Okay, last game of the night. I think this is probably a fade spot. The Blues are in Vegas against the Golden Knights. I have definitely zero interest in the Golden Knights. They're just a really overvalued team. Their prices have gone way up just from a, I don't know, an insanely, just a really lucky start to the season. Um, But do you have interest in the Blues side? Because I'm just assuming that you agree with me to not use Vegas. No, you know what? I I still can't figure Vegas out yet. And until, you know, I I haven't even gotten chances to sit down and watch them play a full game. Um, Subban and Net isn't great. Uh, I will tell you that he's uh, kind of like Hudobin uh, with Boston. He, he he's he's just not good overall. Um, this could this could be a very low owned spot for someone like Tarasenko, where you know if you want to take down a GPP, maybe you put in the, the Blues first line and, and, and hope he gets a hat trick of some sort. Um, but again, uh, I know they've they, they've uh, I know they played recently and they are expensive. And again, I, I'm still trying to figure figure out Vegas as a whole and, and just what the other spots going on tonight. I, will probably not have any blues exposure. Yeah, I guess the spot to use them because they are very expensive. I think they just they aren't great value based on point per price production, but they should be incredibly low owned. So, maybe if you're using something like the Flames second line or the Lightning second line or the Arizona first or second line and then you have a lot of extra salary, maybe you pay up for someone like Tarasenko or Petrangelo or Schwartz and Shen. But for the most part, I think it's just yeah, there are better spots and this is just a pretty expensive team. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and the Blues have come out and been one of the best teams in the league. They're six and two. They have a plus six goal differential, and you know they've they've been really kind of surprising people in terms of teams in the Western Conference that have you know come out on top so far. Um, so you know what, I, you know what, it's 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 maybe one of the best teams versus you know an expansion team in, in hindsight. Um, but again, with the slate and and the other spots, it's uh, it'll definitely be low owned. And if you want to take a shot on Blues one, I wouldn't, I would you know, I wouldn't tell you you were wrong at all. All right, I guess let's do a quick summary of the spots we like, because we didn't mention a ton of goalies, but I think Bobrovsky is probably both of our favorites. One guy we didn't really mention, though, Mike Smith, if you're going to use the Flames especially, really good chance for a win there, and the Wild have a ton of injuries. So I think I'll say my top three goalies for the night are Bobrovsky, Craig Anderson, and Mike Smith. And then I guess if you're if you're doing a full stack of any team, you can probably pair their goalie with that stack, although I wouldn't do it with Kudobin just because he's really, really bad. Uh, but mostly any team, if you're going with the full game stack, you can probably use their goalie for the win bonus correlation. Uh, but just independently, I think Bobrovsky, Anderson, and Smith are my favorite choices. Do you have any different feelings? No, the, the, that's spot on, and I, I, I completely agree with you. And just going over the slate as a whole, it's you know between the Washington-Florida game, I want to game stack that one. You know between Calgary and and uh, and Tampa, I want to use the Kucherov line with you know the Backlund line, but then maybe the Johnny Gaudreau line with the Palat line. And um, there's just so many spots and. Um, it, you know what, I'm, I'm definitely not going in heavy tonight. Um, it, it is super risky, and honestly, I, I honestly do feel there's several players that can score hat-tricks tonight. Um, so so just, just be careful with you know how much you invest in them. Yep, makes sense. It's definitely a GPP, uh, high-risk, high-reward kind of night, so keep that in mind, and uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, guys.